and welcome back to the Logan City Lowdown. Last week, we were able to chat with the fire department again over their new Community Connect system. We hope that everyone is staying safe and healthy after these crazy winds that recently passed through Utah. This week, we were able to head to the System Operation Control Center, or SOC, and learn all about Logan City's light and power with Joel Bradshaw. Joel has been at Logan City for 34 years, but has been a SOC operator for the last 10. Joel gave us the lowdown of light and power operations, operator duties, and we even got a tour of the SOC campus. Joel told us that all of the power in Logan is operated here in Logan. It's pretty wild to think about how all the light and power that you use in Logan from your school, your jobs, and even your house is operated from the same building since 1929. The facility is under high surveillance with alarms, cameras, and motion sensors that alert any operators. Operations at SOC occur 24-7. To do this, there are five full-time operators at SOC that work 12-hour rotating shifts. Logan City Light and Power is rated excellent by NERC, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. This rating is well-earned as operators at SOC work around the clock to ensure light and power in Logan runs smoothly. Some duties of the operators include keeping daily logs of events in SOC, which include buying and selling power in real time, monitoring Logan City's power system, performing switching procedures, dispatch on-call personnel for all departments, run gas turbines when needed, reconnecting power to customers who have been shut off for non-payment and receiving trouble calls. We first asked Joel about the three main causes of power outages. So there's basically three main causes of power outages. Um, basically there's natural caused power outages, there's uh, human caused, and then there's equipment failure. And we'll talk about each one of those briefly. So the first one is natural cause. So when I say natural cause, I mean weather, animals, and trees. So weather. We all know high winds can cause power outages, lightning, heavy snows in late spring, early fall when the leaves are on the trees can cause those tree branches to break and get them around. Mm -hmm. So weather related causes outages. Animals. We have a lot of squirrels here in Logan City. <laughs> cause a lot of problems for us. Squirrels, birds get on power poles, transformers, and short out lines as well. So animals. And then the other thing is trees. I mean, you can walk outside here, we have trees everywhere underneath power lines. Okay. Um, they can grow up in those power lines and cause power outages as well. We have a tree crew that goes around and trims those. Um, but they still, you know, high winds can tip a tree over right into a power line. So that's, that's the first cause of a power outage. The second one is human caused. So when we say human caused, we're talking about somebody's driving down the road, they hit a power pole, lines go down. That's human caused. Or they're digging in their yard and they don't have a blue stake and they hit a power line, causing an outage that way or even vandalism. Somebody vandalizes lines, equipment, transformers, that can cause outages as well. Wow, okay. do you have problems so, with that? Uh, not so much vandalism, but oh. the last two outages we've had in the last two weeks, two big ones, a uh, truck driver out by Sam's Club cut the corner too tight and hit one of our junction cans. Oh. So we had some power out there, and then a week before that we had somebody in a car hit a pad mount transformer and knock the power out to 50 people. So both of them are human caused. Right. And, you know, they were two hours at least on both of them. Oh, there's so, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's your human caused outages. The last one is equipment failure. So transformers, um, switch gear, lines and equipment can fail. Um, we do maintenance on all our transformers. We have substation techs that go around and do maintenance, do oil tests. Uh, we try to replace poles that are, you know, going bad. 
insulators, things like that, you're still going to have them fail. You know, it, it doesn't happen as much as the other two. It's probably the one that happens the least, but that's our third cause of. And really, all three of those is what causes outages for any power system. It doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, somebody may have more. Somebody maybe on the coast may have issues with salt causing an insulator right. to track, but you know that's pretty typical for power outages. So. The way SOC receives information of any outage is through two main sources. The most common way that we know is, is simply through customer call-ins. Customer will call up and say, hey, I don't have power. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we'll dispatch the trouble man to go out and take a look at it. The other way we know is through our SCADA system. Okay? SCADA stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. And what that means is we have control of our substations and we also receive data from it. So we have eight substations, two hydro plants up the canyon, and we have this SCADA system, and you're looking at it up here, that lets me have control of it. If I come over here and click on any of these devices, these circuit breakers, you can see that it comes up. I can open and close it. Um, I can go to certain substations. There's sub three that's up by Merlin Olson Park. You can see it tells me amps, volts, power factor, gives me uh, the indication of our transformers, everything. So I know what's going on in our system and I have total control of it. Joel really encourages customers to call for when an outage occurs to ensure a faster restoration so that they are able to send a trouble man to the scene or for any additional dispatch. Typically, it takes two hours for power to be restored for any given outage. We then asked Joel about the longest power outage he had ever seen. What's the largest or the longest outage you've ever seen? Well, we had, it was called the Father's Day outage because it was on Father's Day and it was probably 15 years ago and it lasted, I think it was about eight hours. And like, it was it was actually Rocky Mountain Power. So we wheel across the Rocky Mountain Power lines. They they had a problem with their line that dumped us. It wasn't anything to do with the city. Mm -hmm. And so that, that particular time I do remember, I was out on the cruise and I remember going around taking these, we had these little Honda 1,000-watt uh, generators and taking them around to some of these medical oh. dependent and, you know, run an extension cord in so they could run their stuff. It's a bit complicated, but Logan participates in buying and selling power within Utah. This is something that happens throughout different states as well. Joel proceeded to tell us the highest price he has ever seen in Logan. So last two weeks ago when the temperatures were high, we hit $750 a meg on the, on the PX, which is the highest I've seen it. I've been down here 10 years. Even though Logan has a top reliability rating in light and power, all power systems experience power outages. Joel gave us some tips on how to be best prepared when they happen. Have food available to eat that doesn't require electrical appliances to prepare. Keep flashlights, extra batteries, candles, and matches handy. Keep refrigerator doors closed to keep food from spoiling. Having a backup generator is a plus, but be sure not to backfeed into your house. This means if you are going to use a backup generator, connect your appliances directly to the generator and not connect your generator to your home, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> this basically just means if the power does come back on and your generator is going, it could cause another outage at the same time. Keep one light on in the main room so you know when the power has been restored. If you have any medical necessities that require power, make sure you have the proper reserves. You mentioned oxygen and uh, medical dependent residents. So there's quite a few. We actually have a list over here. There's quite a few people that live in, in the city that are on oxygen and medical dependent devices. So um, if we have an extended outage, which is generally, you know, if it's over a couple hours, we
we have a few small generators we can bring out and run an extension cord in so they can plug into them. How are you guys feeling? Ready for another intern roundtable? I feel like we learned so much this week at SOC. I'm excited to break it down even further. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how light and power operations occur in the same building. And it's been happening for almost 100 years. They're obviously updating a lot of the machines that they use, but a lot of the old original machines are still there at SOC. Yeah, Joel said that anyone is welcome to come and have a tour of um, the operations there at SOC, so you should give them a call. During the tour he gave us, though, it was pretty cool. He showed us some engines that have been around since some of the World Wars. It was really incredible. Joel mentioned that the source of power in Logan is diverse, and there's no way for residents to only use one source of power. While green energy is being created in Cache Valley, it is being traded in the same pool. So if you are interested in having clean energy power your home, it is best to have it installed right onto your house. Even though residents are encouraged to call into SOC to report any problems, Joe mentioned that oftentimes the problem comes from overpowering your circuits at home. Being sure to check your main breaker can help save a call and save time for both SOC and yourself. If you don't feel comfortable doing this, SOC is willing to walk you through it or send a trouble man free of charge to your home. We will put this number in the show notes to call them. Here's a clip of Joel giving us some basic breaker instructions. Another tongue twister. Breaker's trip. It's going to be, it won't be all the way to the off position. Mm -hmm. It's going to be kind of about three quarters of the way on, about in there somewhere. And here's a smaller one too that we can look at. It's probably going to be about in that position right there, just off of a, so to reset it, you can't just go back to on. You have to go all the way to off and back to on. So that's the trick to redoing it. We also talked about peak times of, of the day. Joel said that in the morning and at night after people are getting home from work is when the most energy is required from the grid. And then throughout the year, the peak of energy usage is in the summer. So when he was talking to us, he was talking about two weeks earlier in July where there was a giant a heat wave and people were running their AC constantly. We had another great experience with an awesome department here within Logan City and it feels good that we're in such good hands in regard to our power usage. It sure does pay to live in Logan. <laughs> thanks for joining us this week as we learn more about how Logan is powered and a special thanks to Joel. Join us next week as we continue to explore the inner workings of Logan City.